welcome to the Business Brainwave Show with Renata Jute, where we will look at ways to optimize your business. So, September month is Trust Month at Noble Prosperity, and I'm so excited to introduce and bring to you Fear Funder Spey from Trustees as my guest. I didn't uh, interview with Fear that stretched uh, over quite a period of time, and uh, I then broke up that interview into several uh, smaller podcasts, and I will be bringing those podcasts to you during the month of September. So if you are interested in all things trusts, and you want to know how trusts are affected by the taxes and the law and what the master has to say about trusts, then stick around. Make sure that you pick up on all the podcasts during the month of September where Fear Funder Spay from Trustees will be my guest. Okay, so... Um, very excited to have Fia on the show today. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Renata from Noble Prosperity, uh, and I've been uh, playing around with trusts for the last 20 or so years, and also spent my time with deceased estates. Over to Fia. Fia, tell us a bit more about what you do. Renata, thanks very much for the invitation. Um, I have been involved with trusts for the last 10 years, and I was actually in a very different field and, uh, you know, got involved with trusts when I realized that uh, often families are taken for a ride where they are not uh, involved in uh, the day-to-day -day administration of the trust. They um, are not educated enough to understand what their roles and responsibilities as trustees are. So we have developed a system whereby we are guiding trustees. And uh, I think education plays a very important role in South Africa because I'm convinced that uh, even though trusts we historically used to um, avoid tax or used for tax purposes mainly, I do believe that uh, even those years, they already served an estate planning uh, purpose. So it is really what we can do to equip families to protect their assets. 100% agreed, yeah. I think that was also, for me, a very important thing uh, when we're dealing with our families and our trustees and the beneficiaries to understand the purpose of the trusts and what is actually supposed to be done. Because I think often trusts are formed, but people are not really trained and instructed what to do as trustees and how to manage those trusts properly. So I think uh, what we should do then is just get into the topics we wanted to discuss. Are you happy with that? Okay, yes. so I'm quite excited to hear more about the SARS strategic objectives. You told me that you wrote a whole article about how SARS is now going to deal with the trust taxes, the compliance and the liabilities of the trustees. So what are we looking at? Yes, Renata, I've been warning people for the past two years that you have to get your ducks in a row. I knew SARS uh, was gearing up to actually you know, be in a better position to deal with trusts because we know historically 
they weren't uh, very clued up as to how to, how to treat uh, trust. Trust is a very different animal from any other entity, an individual, um, you know, tax treatment. So it, it takes a really specialized kind of an angle when you actually deal with trust. And I'm convinced that SARS weren't even geared up to really understand, you know, how trust uh, are to be treated. The mere fact that we can make use of the conduit principle, as long as there was a disconnect between the, the trust as a taxpayer, because every trust is a separate taxpayer, mm. as long as there was a disconnect between the trust and the beneficiaries, and SARS could not make that link. Renata, you, you and I have discussed this before. Once there's a distribution made, you know, a lot of people have never declared the income in their personal uh, tax returns, which means there was a leak for SARS. Because the trust distributed the income or the capital gain now and uh, was not taxed on it. Uh, the trustees have distributed uh, the capital gain or the income to the beneficiaries uh, through um, the application of the conduit principle. And uh, then just no tax ever got paid. So I think the mere fact that SARS have implemented systems where they actually can map now. And you will see, you know, kind of woven through tax returns where they ask you, are you a beneficiary of a trust? Have you received any distribution? Um, you know, are you connected to the trust in some other way? So you can see how they started linking, um, you know, relevant parties to the trust. And it's actually now where SARS is at a point where they can now, you know, um, have a better view of, you know, who is, you know, close to the trust and who should be, be paying the taxes. Yes. So, so yeah, SARS have uh, then brought out, uh, uh, they actually had a webinar uh, just more than two weeks ago, mm. where they specifically looked at trusts in the context of they have nine strategic objectives. Mm. And uh, SARS explained to us, you know, how trust actually fit into um, eight of their nine objectives. And I've written an article about that, again, just to, to finally warn people. But I said in the article, you know, is it almost too late now for trustees to hide from SARS? Because, you know, the moment SARS knocks on your door, then it's almost too late. You know, so one should have your, your matters in order, you know, before SARS actually approaches you. So I'll quickly, you know, touch on some of the objectives. Yes, yes. And it's pretty interesting, you know, um, SARS's view in terms of uh, the treatment of trusts as far as these objectives are concerned. So the first objective is to bring clarity and certainty. They want to make it really easy for people to comply. And uh, people will actually have very little excuse. You know, in the past, people could say, oh, you know what, the, the tax returns really not geared for trusts. It's problematic to complete. Um, as I said, SARS, we're just not kind of, you know, to gear up to actually deal with it. But now there will be actually very little excuse for you to actually complete a proper, proper tax return for a trust. The objective two, they want to make it easy to comply with your obligations. So um, SARS is aware of the current challenges um, regarding compliance and, and they are addressing those. And then they mentioned, for example, that they are going to interface with the master's office now. So similar to companies, when you register a company with sub you automatically get a tax number. You will now also, you know, very soon get an automatic um, income tax number the moment you register a trust uh, with the master. Because we know, you know, now after the trust is registered with the master, then it's a whole process to actually get it registered with SARS. Mm. And... Um, a lot of people are not even aware that they have to register their, their trust with SARS. So this is going to be done automatically now. Um, objective number three, um, they are going to make non-compliance 
very hard and costly. So I think there's a good warning signal there that uh, even though they are aware that there are many trusts are non-compliant, they are going to make it really hard for you to not comply and they will hit you with penalties, you know, um, through non-compliance. Objective number four, um, they are obviously, you know, uh, prepared now that they have employed and are still employing a very strong workforce and give them proper uh, training in terms of the treatment of trusts. So, you know, there will be obviously specialist units within uh, SARS because not everybody understands trusts. So with them going to have, you know, uh, absolute focus on, on, on trusts, um, their workforce, you know, seem to be prepared now to deal with it. Mm-hmm. They are going to expand uh, the use of their data. So, as I said, they are going to interface with the master's office. They're speaking about interface with other financial institutions and other entities to collect data. Now, I have uh, heard of a client who's gone to SARS, um, a high network client, and when the SARS official turned the screen around, the web was there in terms of who's fitting in where, you know, um, what income has been earned, et cetera, et cetera. So rather make sure that your, your affairs are in order and, um, you know, you understand what information SARS have of you um, because of the expansion of the use of data now. Objective number six, they're obviously modernizing their systems. Um, they're providing a digital and streamlined online service, you know, like with e-filing, and they're obviously improving on that specifically and uh, specifically cater for trusts. Uh, objective eight, they are going to work with stakeholders, and there they mentioned, obviously, again, the master of the high court, department of justice, tax practitioners and those who are responsible for administration of trusts. So they seem to be, you know, attempting to actually build relationships and uh, work with those closest stakeholders. And then the last one that's relevant for trusts is um, they are building a public trust, uh, they want to build public trust and confidence in the tax administration system. Mm. And I think, you know, you can see over the years, um, they are really trying hard to actually, you know, build that confidence to make sure the system um, is stable, it actually collects the correct data. So that was just very interesting to me that SARS had a specific uh, webinar on trusts and, you know, how that fits, you know, almost into all of the objectives. And um, with everybody who historically said, um, you know, trust, the days are over, writing is on the wall, where the Davis Tax Committee started having a closer look at um, trusts. I think the closer look was at historical wealth. So whether that sits in a trust, whether that sits in a company, whether that's an individual's name, I don't think trust is the bad name or the swear word. But I think trust is certainly one, you know, when we look at the compliance at the moment, you know, there's about 11% compliance. When we look at how many trusts are registered, you know, right through to how many are submitting tax returns. So with 90% non-compliance, it's going to be very easy for SARS, you know, applying these objectives to actually, you know, collect uh, more tax and specifically from trusts. Yeah, I agree with that. So the problem is, and this is what we've always said to people, it's not the trust that is the problem. It's the non-compliance. It is the non-reporting. Exactly. I remember sure. when um, I was part of the trust accounting firm, 
Uh, we would, when we did uh, distributions to beneficiaries, we would actually do a document that the beneficiaries had to sign to confirm that they would declare said income uh, in their tax returns. The, the trust would then also, um, as part of the tax returns and the documentation, send this on uh, to SARS, you know, when we did our submissions. Because from the trustee's point of view, they had to do what they could, but you still could not force the beneficiary to declare this money. But we had a case where um, a trustee and a beneficiary uh, came to us, same person, and insisted that the trust should distribute a taxable income through to the beneficiary. And we spoke to him and said, but, you know, your personal taxes have already been submitted. And he was not in agreement with us. That's fine. And we said to him, but hold on, you now want to distribute, I think it was interest income and rental income. So it was all taxable. He wanted to distribute this to his personal name. And we said, we're happy to do that. But understand, if you've not disclosed this on your personal income tax return, you will trigger an audit. Now, I'm talking, this is probably about four years ago, because I stepped out of that business three years ago. So it's probably about four years ago. And even at that time, he was arguing with us. And the funny thing is, he was insistent. We then did it. We did the distribution. And within half an hour of submitting that trust tax return, the client was on the line screaming at us because we had just triggered an audit on his personal tax. And SARS had not even asked questions. All they did was hit him with a penalty and interest for not uh, declaring that taxable income in his personal tax. And we had said to him, but we told you on the back end, SARS is starting to pull these things together. So this already started a while ago when SARS started changing the tax return. I mean, it went up, if you'll remember, I think the initial tax returns were like, what, four pages? And they went up to 20 odd pages. It may even be 30 pages by now. Because every time you uh -huh. open a yes block, a whole new silo opens. So... As this happens, what will happen is that things are automated on the background. And I think people have always said to us, ah, please, we won't be caught. And that was why there was this sense of non-compliance, because there was nothing really to catch them by the ankle. But now everything, that web is now woven. I mean, it's very clear when we earn, let's say, interest from the banks, or when we earn dividends from our investment portfolios, let's say we've got a, for argument's sake, a discovery portfolio. When they issue those IT3s, those returns, whether it's dividends or interest, are already noted on our personal income tax returns. It's already there. Our medical aid things are already on our tax returns. So why on earth would people think that the information pertaining to the trusts are not there? It was just a matter of, I think, it was a, a period of writing the back-end flow systems for SARS, and now they finally got into where they could flip that switch, and sure. they are now sorted. So, fully agree. Yeah, so <laughs> it was finally time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Business Brainwaves. For more Business Brainwaves, please visit my website, nobleprosperity.co.za, Follow me on Facebook or connect with me on LinkedIn. For easy access, the links are posted below.